OTB Rugby. And that's why those of us that aren't cynicals but understand the workings, see the world rankings as they currently are, as very fallible and very loose. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. All right, let's continue our build-up to this weekend's All-Ireland Football Semi-Finals. Dublin against Monaghan on Saturday at half past five. Derry against Kerry on Sunday at four o'clock. Declan Bogue of the 42 is with us. How are you keeping, Declan? Good, good, Nathan. I feel yeah. in a way you're uh, you're sort of becoming our de facto uh, Ulster football correspondent, but you, you do like football outside of Ulster as well? Uh, yeah. I'm you do venture outside the odd time? Yeah, I've been known to attend the odd uh, hurling match too. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, look, at, you, 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 if you want to show me into the cubby hole or the pigeon hole, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, what can I do to escape it, you know? Uh, well, you can talk as much about Dublin and Kerry as you want throughout this, as well as Monaghan and Derry. We might start on uh, Monaghan against Dublin. Uh, if Vinnie Corey is looking for things to plaster up on the dressing room wall or to play in the smart speaker beforehand, I suspect that Crow Park dressing room might be overloaded, uh, such as the build-up to this. We'd be talking about one of the all-time great All-Ireland semi-final shocks if Monaghan were to go and win on Saturday evening. Is that fair enough, or is it is it... Is it doing them a disservice? There's a bit of both. I don't think that you would be particularly doing anyone really a disservice. You you, you are talking about a team, you know, at the same time that have played in, in in Division One for the last ten years, and whereas Dublin were relegated uh, and, and came straight back up last year. Like you know, at the same time, that's the way it has to be seen. Is it? Would it be greater shock than? Then Donegal beating Dublin in 2014, uh, it would. Look, I mean, you know, Monaghan just have never been in the All-Ireland final. They're coming up against a team who are looking extremely polished, uh, who look to have measurably improved from last year. And uh, it just looks like an enormous task. Um, and there's just so much of this. Like, they have, have, have played at Dublin a couple of times and uh, you know, I think it was twenty fifteen the, the the quarter final. I can I can be corrected on that, but you know, not not an awful deal about football has changed in those times of the way that Monaghan was was playing it, and at the time they tried to give a little bit of containment. I think Dermot Connolly got a goal early on, and really, you know, by the end it was just hanging in, getting an awful wallop, and you know, uh, can this happen again? Uh, don't know. Um, don't know. All we will know about Mona is you're going to get them playing for 75, 77 minutes. Uh, they're going to be extremely competitive. They're going to try and do all they can. Um, but there's just something about this Dublin team that I've been thinking has been just well ready to take the All-Ireland again. When you go back to that sort of 2015 uh, Dublin at the start of a six in a row, like they were so able to give teams an almighty walloping and they can still do it and you look at the way they started that second half against Mayo uh, you look at the score they were able to rack up against Sligo but there were there were games in there as well this year against Roscommon the draw where they scored one eleven in the Leinster semi-final where they scored 14 points like often the Andy Moore used to always say 
he always felt you had to get 20 points against Dublin at least. So, you know, 214 might get you there. And if you look at the All-Ireland Finals, Mayo just fell short on a couple of occasions of, of getting to that. Can Monaghan, can Monaghan keep this a low-scoring game in the style of Roscommon? Yeah, they'll have looked at that. They'll have looked at that game and, and, and studied it and, and, and um, looked at the ways and means. But at the same time, I think that that, that game against Roscommon and the way that the Dublin for, or that Roscommon were frustrating Dublin. I think that's not going to happen to Dublin again. I'll tell you why. Uh, they don't tend to, you know, at least not with Pat Gilroy now in the backroom team. Is teams don't tend to do something twice. That was in some ways it's not it's, it's not a tactical innovation, but it's definitely a development where you just say, you know what, we are just going to hold the the ball now for a matter of several minutes, and then we're going to try and get something at the end of it. I just think that the Dublin when this happens, that I've looked at that and thought about that and said, well, how do we guard against it? It's as simple. They will commit a foul. And once the foul is committed, they will stand over the man holding the ball. They'll mark everybody up. Then that breaks that that just that sequence of possession. Um, so I'm not sure that option is open to them, that they can do what Roscommon did to Dublin. Uh, I think they'll try and keep it down. The only thing is, like then, they need an awful lot of scores at the other end. Uh, and they're going to have to start Conor McManus, and they're going to have to start Jack McCarron, right? And that immediately creates a problem. Like, is is when you look at Dublin and their capabilities, is what are they going to do? The most obvious thing in the world, you know, Jack McCarron is is is, is a beautiful ball player. He's a fantastic footballer, right? But the last thing Jack McCarron wants to do is run to the far twenty-one, seven or eight times in in one half, because then he's going to be punctured. And if I was if if I was Desi Farrell, I'd be saying, right, well, our man marker for Jack McCarron is Owen Merchant. And Owen Merchant's going to get the ball and he's going to be involved in every move. He's going to run to the far 21. If Jack McCarron doesn't want to run after him, then, you know, then, then, then Jack McCarron will be soon taken off because Vinnie Corey has done that to him before. And it must be a, a, it must be a blow to the psyche and it must be a blow to the other players in the team if they see him going off. Um, but I think that that is one small tactical matchup that Dublin could really exploit for their own ends. That's the difficulty that Vinnie Corey has as to what he does with McCarran and McManus because that conversation has been going on all week. Do you, do you try and just stick with them and then bring McManus on for the last 20 minutes and hope that his genius takes over and he does it one more time for Monaghan and gets them back in an All-Ireland final uh, for the first time in living memory? But if McManus isn't there, he's out of the game by then. Well, you see, you got to have a game from the come on that they can win. Mm. You know, that's 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 the danger with this is by the time you leave it, if you say, right, we're going to go the first half and we'll bring them on at half time. It's a bit like Claire did there against Kilkenny last Sunday is there still had to be a game there for them to win. And yes, they took the lead. But I mean, you know, if they hadn't have played with the plus one in Shadden Amore in the first half, like where they might have been at half time, they might not have been five points down, they might have been right level Pagans. Um, and there's no point saying, well, we'll wait till half time. And if Dublin are four or five ahead at half time, then the game's wrapped up. Like in that stage, I think they just have to start them. They have to just say, look, you know, it's been great and it's been nice and clever the way we've used you. But now it's, it's eyeballs out from now on. Like the semi finals, the old saying, every manager says they're there to be won. 
And if they're, they're there to be one, you'll get you're going to get seventy five minutes out of Conor McManus, whatever age he is now, like and whatever injury problems he's has, like an extra half hour of football is not going to kill him. So yeah, you've got to go with them. You've got to go all. You're full. You've got to go all in. Um, and what does that leave on the bench? You know that that has been their bench, like really this year. Is the Monaghan bench has been Conor McManus, mm. like you know that has been the whole impact. Like you know the rest of the people who are causing huge impact on the game, they're in from the start. They're in, they're the untouchables. They're Carl O'Connell. They're Conor McCarthy, uh, and the rest of them all filtering around those kind of lads who are making the big impacts. But there you look at Dublin, and you look at the subs they brought on the last day. I mean, you know. Go back over it, like Kieran Kilkenny, Jack McCaffrey, Dean Rock. Uh, it's it's absolutely phenomenal what they're able to do. You mentioned uh, Pat Gilroy there and uh, the uh, most qualified water boy in the world. And I saw, you know, Joe, Joe Brawley at the weekend was giving him huge credit for their performance against Mayo. Have you got any sense from, and it's very hard to get any sense of what goes on at Dubs training as to exactly what his role is? during the week and in terms of the planning for games? If Well, I mean, if you're Desi Farrell, you just, you wouldn't be saying, well, this is your role here. You would just bring in someone like Pat Gilroy and I would be guessing that Pat is there to smooth the edges. No, Pat is there, is, it's a very multifaceted role, I would say. Number one, I'm not so sure whether all the boys who came back would have been coming back without Pat Gilroy's gentle encouragement. Uh, certainly Stephen Clarkson wise um, I think that you know just talking to a couple of people around Dublin they would have said that maybe Stephen Clarkson well he's not really it, it, you know personal relationships don't particularly matter to him but there seems to be a, a very strong one with Pat Gilroy uh, for what he did well, for what they did for each other really but other than that if you had Pat Gilroy on your side very smart operator Involved in Dublin football and hurling for the last whatever it was since two thousand and nine, you'd be asking you'd be asking to give your second opinion. Every second opinion would be based on what he has to say, really. Um, and what look, like, it, it's it's a wonderful asset to have, like and a wonderful weapon for them to have. But there is a real humbleness in that, and look, maybe you know Pat Gilroy had done that himself, and with Mickey Whelan and the closeness of their relationship, yeah. but. You know, Desi Farrell's been under enormous pressure. Dublin haven't been in an All Ireland final in the last couple of seasons. To actually say, you know what, there is somebody out there. He's a former manager. He's been there. He's done that. You know, maybe he knows Gilroy's personality enough that he's not going to totally overshadow him. He's not going to be out publicly uh, looking to take credit for this. But there's still a lot of credit needed there for Desi Farrell for actually going. This is the best thing for Dublin football. But there's too much. T- there's too much given about this. There's too much talked about that this is the manager and therefore that's it. Like, you know, you know, it's we could look at Down and, and people are getting very excited about Down and talking about Conor Laverty being this complete revolutionary figure. As if as if that Johnny Davis, who when he came to the SNC with Throne, uh, was talked about by the Throne players as the greatest person that ever worked with, like the most thorough a most educated and smart guy in that area, right? That's at your SNC. Then you've also got Marty Clark, who's doing forwards coaching. You know, you, you've got uh, Mickey Donnelly in there as coaching. You've got Jim McGinnis feeding in as, you know, once a week or whatever, however much he's doing. You've also got uh, Declan Morgan, 
you know, very skilled coaches, coach teams with Pete McGrath's teams in the past. So are you telling me that, like, I think there's about six names after Raymond Offleck, that they are, what, giving about 10% into this down team and Conor Avery's doing 90%. I mean, people make too much of it. So I just think it's, it's management teams. It's whoever you have there, yes, there's always going to be a figurehead and maybe that person has the casting vote. But, I mean, I have yet to see, like, an All-Ireland winning setup that that just goes down to one person. Like, I mean, you know, would would Kerry have won the All-Ireland last year without what Paddy Talley did with their defence? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing, like, I would doubt it. Hmm. In terms of the Dublin selection, uh, we saw the impact that Kilkenny and McCaffrey had off the bench against Mayo, albeit you know Dublin had probably really grabbed a stranglehold on the game by then anyways. What do you think Farrell and that Brains Trust will be wanting to do this weekend, particularly with Kilkenny? It, it just feels he's been such an integral part of that side for so long. Did he do enough to show he should start or actually do you stick him on the bench again and try and get the same reaction and maybe then you put him in for a final? No, I think what you said second. I think that your latter option. I think that was the best thing. Like I think they're going to say, well, you know, do we really, really need him against Monaghan? And they might just take the risk and say, no, let's see how we're doing at halftime. We'll give him another go, but we would rather develop him and have him as a weapon off the bench, and have him as a finisher. Because uh, I don't think anyone particularly let themselves down like against Mayo. Um, there's no obvious uh, substitutions. Um, Neil Scully start? Did he start? Um, perhaps that is the perhaps that's the change that would be made. But I, I think that they'll, they're going to just let him sit on the bench, use him as a weapon, and then maybe prime him for an All Ireland final start. And from what you've seen of him this year, can you understand why he's on the bench? Uh it's hard to gauge because, like you know, it's, number one is Division Two football. Um, you know, there weren't too many competitive games in Division Two. Uh, the, the other side of that is that there were in a couple of competitive games against Kildare. I'm not quite sure individually how he performed in each of those games. Um, but you know, there there is um, there is the feeling that he's just not particularly direct of all the Dublin footballers that. He has the ability to be very direct because he's bullheaded, he's very strong, but he's the best person in that possession retention game that they had played, that they perfected under Jim Galvin. And maybe now they're trying to move away from that. Maybe they're trying to transition a lot quicker than what they had been doing against Galvin because they were so good at it and they were so good at waiting for someone to break the line like a Jack McCaffrey, uh, like a Dermot Connolly, that they had perfected it. But now... Maybe they just need to mix that up and, and make it a bit faster. I don't know if it's a a warning to keep people on their toes, and perhaps that's the Gilroy influence. Like he he enjoyed sort of a sacrificial lamb or, or having a sort of a big big name on the line. Like you know, look at what he did to Bernard Brogan. You know, uh, when he came in and looked at Bernard and all the rest, and and just thought, you know what, I'm going to keep you off the bench for a good spell now and see how you react. Perhaps that's all a part of it. Like, you know, it's all just getting the psyche to where they want it to be. So I get the sense, uh, when I put words in your mouth, you feel that probably no matter what Monaghan bring, there's just something in this Dublin side that they're they're primed. Uh, you know, the, you see all the different uh, 
podcasts and people having discussion about these matches and they're very careful not to say, well, I'm ruling out such and such or I can't believe that people think that uh, it's going to be that easy for them. I just think that Dublin are going to win at the weekend. Uh, I'm not saying what the margin will be. I think it'll be somewhere north of five and somewhere south of ten points. Um, well, that's not the insult Monaghan whatsoever. And at the same time, Nobody's going to have a heart attack if Monaghan. Well, well, if Monaghan win, the people are going to be surprised. Like, but they're not going to be completely bowled over. Is, is it going to be the biggest surprise of an All Ireland semi final? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, because there's so much to be read into it. You know, the, it, it'll all just transpires as it will. But I just don't see Dublin be, being caught. All right, so that is Saturday evening. Sunday then is Kerry against Derry, which I think most people are probably expecting to be a a somewhat tighter game. Certainly the way Jack O'Connor has been talking, he is not expecting fireworks. He's expecting it to be a bit of a slog and he's been appealing for the Kerry fans to travel because uh, the talk seems to be that maybe the Kerry fans will hold off till the final as usual, Uh, but Mm -hmm. that they need to be patient, that they just need to understand that this is going to be a certain type of game. It may not be explosive. We may not see... Clifford and O'Shea get on the ball in the positions they want to get them in as often as they would like. Uh, is that fair enough? Is that what you're expecting? Or are actually Kerry, if they got the firepower, that they can they can really get it dairy early in this game? Yeah. Um, it's. It, I mean, people all thought that Tyrone were going to, to bring that firepower. And there was an awful lot of Tyrone voices in the media that were saying, you know, that Tyrone are going to be the most the you know archetypal Tyrone characteristics they're going to bring that, but we didn't see that at all, and yet no one really is talking about Derry. And Derry are going to bring a bite that is they just they just have the appetite right now, and there's so much positivity around that county that uh, in what they have achieved as a senior group, like I'm with Kieran Mina there now in continuity from during the year, what happened there, uh, they have. So much going in their favour, so much energy, so much build-up for this, knowing what was ahead of them, that uh, you know, they're, they're, this is going to be a tight one. And, and I, obviously, I'm looking at Kerry and the uh, question marks that were raised before they played Tyrone was that Tyrone was going to have a far greater influence in midfield. That did not transpire. Like, Brian Kennedy and Colin Kilpatrick never showed up in the way that people were expecting them to. And obviously, uh, Darren O'Connor had such a brilliant game. Uh, up against Conor Glass and Brendan Rodgers, it's going to be very different. Uh, but will there be a midfield battle per se, as in the traditional format? Perhaps not. Like So there, what you're looking for is your, you've got to look at your line breakers and people who are going to make critical plays at the moment where they're recycling ball around the perimeter of the Derry defence. But that's when you get your Gavin Whites. That's when your Tom Sullivan's defenders who are able to you know, throw a shoulder, get past the first part, get into that tiny bit of space, take on a shot like Thomas Sullivan. Uh, there's a great one about Thomas Sullivan actually when he was playing for, for Raymond Fitzmaurice with the school against St. Pat's Mahara one year and he was playing corner back and they moved him up to corner forward and that completely changed the complexion of the game. Thomas Sullivan's a great shooter. He's, he, he, he's a great bit of stuff in front of the postman and presents itself. So I'd say it is one of those games that Again, David Clifford's the numbers that he runs up mightn't be that hectic mm. unless there's a few dead ball stuff in here and there. But Derry have been, you know, if you look at Derry's Ulster Championship, very disciplined in the tackle. 
not really prone to giving off a pile of frees around the D or in the scoring zone. Um, so it, it it will be the likes of Breno Bioglock. It'll be the you know it'll be the, the defenders and see what kind of score and return they get out of midfield half backs and, and a couple of half forwards who aren't really renowned for it. That'll be what decides the game. Who will Mark Clifford? I think they'll put Chrissy McCaig on him. Just simply for the, the height differential, you know, the, the go-to man marker has been Conor McCluskey uh, last year and, and he had a trail of really top-end players uh, that were left, you know, either taken off scoreless or as scoreless. But I just think you're going to need a wee bit of height. You're going to need uh, you're going to need Chrissy McCaig there. And physically, uh, Chrissy has had a couple of injuries this year, but athletically he is... He's top notch, like you know, he is. He's right there. Um, who is looking after Ray O'Neill? And uh, uh, he did sort of left him loose enough. Uh, no, they're gonna have to man mark him. I think that's Christian McCaig's job. Anthony Moyles was on with us on uh, Monday morning and he was talking about how Derry can go and win this game and how they can get at the Kerry defence and he was identifying Ty Morley as somebody that they just need to find a way of shifting him out of position to get him moving, to get him running, to f- create some space through the centre. Where do you look at this Kerry defence and feel there's an opportunity for Derry to get at them? Where do I look at the what, sorry? At the Kerry defence and feel Kerry there's an defense. opportunity as to how, how Derry will attack them. Mm, well, Derry's there's Derry's attack is just a matter of 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 patience, working it into certain situations to get Shane Shane McGuigan on the ball. Uh, they are not the the most hectic of supporting cast, you know, scorers. After that, again, they'll look to keep that fairly tight. Connor Glass will be expected to weigh in with one, if not two. Brandon Rogers always has about three, four shots in a game. Uh, and, and his return is pretty good out of that. After that, you're looking at the like of... Uh, you're looking at the like of Ethan Doherty and um, maybe a Niall Toner to chip in points here and there. Look, they're not they're not a side that are going to blitz it. They're, they're not going to be running up 120 or anything like that. Uh, where's, where's the weaknesses in the carry backline? I mean, against Tyrone, you're looking at them and they look to be an all-star full-back and, 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 and half-back line. Like Jason Foley's pace, just, you know, uh, James Donahue said before in your show, like you have to make three or four runs before you, you you know, you can actually get a yard on him because he's so quick. I think Foley is probably going to be given the job of Shane McGuigan with Tag Morley sweeping in front. Uh, so really... If you're saying, if you're trying to say, we'll, we'll identify or, you know, we'll target one carry defender, I don't think that really works. Like, it's more just a teamwork thing, how we work our way in for scores and how we draw fouls. And part of that with Derry is Gareth McInnes. Like, he's the, the strike runner, if you want to call it. And he gets beyond the ball. He carries it tr- towards the D and uh, it backfired against Galway last year in the semi-final spectacularly because the referee just wasn't buying it. But certainly, like you know, if he can if he can get in amongst that area, he will win you the odd free for sure. Um, but the rest of the time, then it's it's working loops, working patience to going down one flank, going down through the other. Uh, they will drag three, four players up, you know, right up to the carry goal 
to try and open up that space between the full back line and half back line to get shots off. And that's where the lack of Rogers and Glass and that can try and get their scores from that way. Shane McGuigan is 2.46 in the championship so far this year. David Clifford is 5.30 uh, for Kerry so far. Is it fair to say that McGuigan is more important to Derry than Clifford is to Kerry, if that's possible? Yeah, I get your meaning, and he is. Of course he is, because, you know, you could see Kerry winning Munster Championships without David Clifford. All Ireland's slightly different. Um but but Derry are going. They're not even winning Ulster titles without Shane McGuigan. There's just no, there's no dispute in that. Yeah, I I would say he is entirely important. Um, and he, he he's just a top class act. Like you know, I mean, people get really into these arguments about who is better or who is more important. Like they're all still different players. Like David Clifford is capable of things that we haven't seen yet from the like of. Shane McGuigan are from, you know, Dublin would hold it that they, that Conor Callaghan is just every bit as good. We just don't see the moments of, of genius from the other top end attackers uh, that you see from David Clifford in terms of the endless, you know, how inventive he is. He's endlessly inventive. Uh, but certainly, like, you know, <laughs> um, no, if you're, if you're asking me that, just Shane McGuigan is everything to this Derry team and his ability to stay fit and how durable he is is just a, it's, it's, it's a massive it's a massive factor in Derry's sort of last number of years how are you calling this one? no it's a Derry it's a Kerry it's a Kerry win <laughs> you weren't quite sure of that I think it's the old firm no I think it is the old firm but I think that I think for long spells but I just I just, I just can't imagine, you know, I just can't, can't visualize Derry running out on the All Ireland final day. Just don't. Will it be a bit of success for the Ulster Counties this weekend? Down, gold machines up against Meath in the Talchin Cup final. I think Down can get at least two goals against Meath. I'm interested to see that Colin Rock is talking about a kicking game. Uh that this is the way that they have to go to reach where Dublin and Kerry are at. Um, I just wonder, has it sunk in for him that you actually need, like, the, you know, basically any competitive team now is built from the back up and the idea of just kicking ball for the sake of kicking ball because we kick ball. We'll say this about down, like, they, they counter-attack uh, and they have some of the better players at that level at it. They have unbelievable pace. And they have an unbelievable eye for goal. And that's what's been coached into them from the moment that they started with Conor Laverty and all the other coaches that he named. His uh, backdoor cuts is the ability to get in behind. And they are dangerous. I mean, Jesus, like the eight goals against Leash. Uh, there's not too many inter-county championship games that you see eight goals being scored against any opposition. But uh, they're, they're, they had a fantastic win over Calvin, backed it up against Leash. They're just in a nice rerun of form and they understand too that at the back of it is they were in Division 3 this year. They didn't get out of it. They're in it for next year. If they lose this, then they're right back to score one. I just think they've invested so much into this. And this time last year, if you recall, um, one of their players was saying that I have no interest in playing the Tosin Cup after beating the Nostra Championship by Monaghan. And lo and behold, then they were, they were they didn't really have to worry about it because they weren't in it long. 
No, it's completely. It's it's a one hundred. It's a one eighty degree shift in their perspective. And you know what? That does no harm. Like you know, there'll be many, many. I don't. I don't think that any county was blase about entering the Tolson Cup this year. Like I think they were all pretty much committed to it. Uh, and that's, but you know, it's it's good. It's good for the association, and it'll be good to see a decent crowd in there on Saturday. Hopefully, that's the case for it. Yeah, there's a lot of upsides for Down if they can win this, knowing that they're in the All Ireland Championship next year. Uh, because even with promotion from Division Three, you're reliant on certain things happening to guarantee a place in the All Ireland series. You're not worried about what happens in Ulster necessarily. Obviously, they want some form to bring into that, but actually, mm-hmm. there's a. There'll be far less desperation around the season if they can win on Saturday. And there's a wee holiday too for the winners. Like I'm sure a couple of boys not down. A trophy and a few medals. They wouldn't turn down a free holiday. <laughs> that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, look, that's why it is now. Like you know, there's second tier competition, and uh, it's um, it's 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 a noteworthy competition, and there are every every team's in it. No team that left it now. Is feels any better about themselves than the two teams that are left in the final. All right. Declan, great stuff as always. Thank you, Nathan. Declan Bogue there from the 42 and all our Gaelic football and off the ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GEA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. <laughs>